Well, breaking news. UCLA gets another commit for the class of 24. Quasi Gilmer comes to UCLA. As rated as highly as a four-star commit. And the Bruins get a local product. Big-time UCLA fan. And he adds on to what could be a, a decently loaded uh, a skill position class sneaking up the radar. We'll see what happens. We'll talk more on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe to come in every day or because we've got some big-time stuff coming around for UCLA. Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to get all the starting positions at fall camp? But today, we start with the latest commit for UCLA. It's Quasi Gilmer, someone who had been kind of waiting a little bit to make his decision talked about how August 11th was a, a very special day for him. And eventually, Quasi, the now Sierra Canyon high school kid, is a three-star, four-star product, depending on the composite sites, the on-threes, the rivals, the 24-7 sports, who made his live commitment saying he's going to UCLA. And for some reason, I don't always like to watch the live versions of it. I wait a couple minutes and just wait for somebody to tweet it out. But I decided to watch his live commitment video on on three. And he's quite the character. He's got quite the following on social media. He's come somewhat of a viral trend on TikTok. And his commitment video was unique. Him kind of giving himself advice and jumping in the pool and then jumping through and swimming to showcase he's going to UCLA. So he is certainly quite the character probably will eventually at some point make some sort of NIL deal just based on his personality alone, it looks like, based on social media accounts and everything. But what we care about, especially as UCLA fans, is that he is now the 12th commit for UCLA football in the class of 24. He is someone who had to choose over Michigan State, Oklahoma, Washington. Those are three other schools that are in the Final Four. Even Cal and Stanford were a couple of schools that made it into his Final Six. And the biggest thing was there were a lot of things I liked about UCLA, Gilmer said. I've been there several times. It had a really strong comfort level at the school and with the coaches. And he talked about how Jerry Neuheisel, the wide receiver coach, was, that's my guy. We're really close. He's actually the reason why I waited until the 11th to make my commitment. When he played, he wore number 11, so I thought it would be cool to commit on that day for him. That's how close and how tight he is with Coach Neuheisel in, in the recruiting process. And even Chip Kelly was personally involved. His mom went down there. They were easily finding a way to get this guy there. And the biggest thing was that, hey, he, he was going to go to UCLA, it seemed like, right? His mother attended UCLA. It was his favorite childhood team. The Bruins were aggressively going after him. And this is a guy who was a top 20 player in the state of California, played at Chaminade, 6'2", 180, who, based on this write-up from Greg Biggins, talks about he's a long, athletic kid, high-level body control, can get behind secondaries, and also is really good in the return game and can win 50-50 balls, good against jump balls against the corners. So he can be a guy that can easily win the ball downfield, get the speed behind the, the DBs, and is maybe someone who could easily line up, at least early in his career, and become one of those key returners for UCLA in his early stages of what will be a Big Ten career. 
for UCLA moving on in 2024. So it'll be interesting to see how the Bruins have begun to build this class. 12 commits. The most recent commit before him was Derek McFall, a four-star athlete from Tyler, Texas. Early in August, you had, or late July, I should say, Jameer Benjamin, who flipped from Northwestern and Stanford, eventually landing at UCLA, the West Bloomfield, Michigan kid. So the Bruins are slowly building this class. If you go to basic rankings or maybe outside the top 50, as we always discuss, Chip Kelly isn't going to go get those premier five-star guys consistently like other programs have, other than the Dante Moores. They're getting these hybrid three-and-a-half-star guys, the guys that have some four-star, five-star potential, guys who are pretty good and, depending on the site, have different rankings, whether he's a four-star or three-star. There's quite a few of those prospects and now commits on UCLA's recruiting list in 2024 where there's like a quasi-Gilmer, a Benjamin, a Mark Schroeder, even Cameron Jones, who committed in early July, a big back from St. John Bosco, who these guys are kind of hybrid three to four stars, guys who can truly develop in Chip Kelly's scheme. And he's going after these guys that don't really have a lot of attitude, no nonsense, and wants to get these guys fitting in his system. Consider he's still going to go pluck some guys from the portal once the season's over. That's just what it's going to be. In the meantime, Gilmer, it seemed like early in the summer, was destined to go to UCLA, considering he said the word several visits and didn't take his official visit, I think, until late May. But it, it just seemed like a foregone conclusion. If you cheer for UCLA, your mother went there. Everything's going right. Had a great rapport with Jerry Neuheisel, and the Bruins are building, right? It started with the offensive linemen. It started with the defense, hitting the linebackers, slowly getting some DBs, beefing up the O-line, which might have a little bit lack of depth this season in terms of how many bodies with starting experience who could slide in if the Bruins have some injuries on the O-line this year. Next year, they're making sure they're hitting the O-line hard to develop them for their UCLA careers. But in the later stages of the summer now that we get closer to the 23 season, the commits rolling in have been more skill position-esque. Jameer Benjamin, kind of a DB, maybe can do multiple things. You've got Gilmer, You've got the likes of McFall, who's an athlete who will probably be used in multiple roles. We already talked about him being a D'Anthony Thomas-like athlete. And we can't even forget about Cameron Jones, the running back, to go along with the tight end, Rob Booker. So from June now to July, you've got quite a few athletic super types where Chip Kelly's finally got getting guys like, ooh, this guy can help us in offense, or in Benjamin's case, more on defense. And after a lot of focus initially on getting the stronger positions, the holes glaring the next year's roster. So it's good to see Gilmer coming to UCLA. That's the big news. He was making his big announcement. It was at noon on August 11th. Chose to commit on the 11th of August because Jerry knew high school won number 11. That's how guaranteed it was that he picked that day, made a video, and said, let's roll going to UCLA. Of course, they still have quite a few receivers to the Bruins when it comes to what the picture looks like in 2024 guys who could still come back, but still there's most likely going to be a big overhaul in the receiver room with guys leaving maybe to the pros graduating everything in between who might be disgruntled based on playing time. Since there's so many options already for UCLA to use, we'll see how that plays out. If Gilmore's an immediate impact guy, or if it starts in the return game before it's his sophomore slash junior year, he mentioned on his video he wanted to play in a spread offense. Well, here you go, UCLA. There you have it. Hopefully it's him and Dante Moore 
making pitch and catch all career long for those two two to three years that they might have together if everything goes well in the Big Ten. So Gilmer, officially a Bruin, 12th commit of 24, and we'll move on and talk about the story that came out the other day. Just the other day, I think it was John Canzano writing about how ESPN and the Pac-12 were trying to make a big deal. Pac-12 was trying to stay together. I thought it was interesting that we might as well talk about it because the Pac-12 almost stayed together. Instead, a little greed, a little too much thinking that they had a lot of money on the line ruined a chance for the conference to stay together. We'll talk about that more coming up next on Locked On UCLA. But we're going to talk to you first about eBay Motors because when it comes to championship teams, the Bruins are trying to build that championship Big Ten team, right? Quasi Gilmer, the latest of the 12 commits for this fresh for this 24 class. If you want every player to be a perfect fit, you want the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure that every part fits right the first time around. You can add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to make sure your part will fit or your money back. Confidence is the name of the game. I know Quasi Gilmer has it. But you, as a consumer, want to make sure your parts fit just right with eBay Motors. And it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Here we are, second segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Zach Ederson, Yoxam with you guys. And based on the recent news coming out of the Pac-12 and where they were looking like they might actually survive for a little bit, right? San Diego State, Tulane, SMU, all those names are thrown out, and then everything went crazy. Oregon and Washington go into the Big Ten. You've got the likes of all the other four-corner schools going to the Big 12, and it leaves you Cal and Stanford, who looked like for a second they might have a chance at the ACC, probably not. Oregon State and Washington State might be bound for the Mountain West merger with Cal and Stanford. Maybe somebody's going to go independent. Chip Kelly, as I discussed on yesterday's episode, on the August 10th podcast episode about, hey, why don't we just go all independent, power five, go regional, and make it a little easier football-wise or make it regional for the rest of the sports. And, and then we can just make it easier for the rest of our athletic departments. But the big thing was the Pac-12, after UCLA and SC had left, was very close, especially when Colorado was teetering out, that ESPN offered a TV rights deal, reading this based off the Kanzano knowledge on the On3 website that I'm reading this off of, had a $30 million payout per school. Think about that. ESPN offered them $30 million. UCLA, depending on how things shake out in the Big Ten, it's still truly unknown, but the Bruins are expected to reel in about 65 to $75 million per year based on the Big Ten media rights deal. So think, they're going to get almost more than 50, close to 50, if we do really big math, 75 to the 30, so we'll just round it up, close to 50. $50 million, $45 million more than their Pac-12, their former foes. I guess some of them are joining them in the Big Ten. The Pac-12 schools said, all right, let's actually go for $50 million. The Pac-12 presidents and chancellors wanted $20 million per school than what ESPN offered in their TV rights media deal, which was much better than what the Apple deal was. The Apple deal, which could have been about $25 million per school with the production costs covered, but they needed to get 
the the likes of subscribers and everything in between with at least a hundred dollar annual subscriptions. And the difference is that was a subscriber paywall model going to Apple. The difference was the schools said, hey, this is what Canzano reported from a source. You know what we told ESPN after their $30 million per, per school offer? We said we want $50 million per school. Canzano, asked, after asking his source, said, what was ESPN's response? And they said, goodbye. So ESPN was like, you want $20 million more per school to get to 50. They said goodbye. And then next thing you know, George Klyavkov was trying to go after Apple everything in between, and now the Pac-12 is just kaput, kapush. Yeah, who knows? It's gone. And UCLA is part of the reason why, absolutely the reason why all this is going crazy and the Pac-12 is splintered and conference realignment's gotten even crazier after it initially started with Texas and Oklahoma. But now you can look. UCLA is getting so much more money than these other schools and in a better spot, at least initially, right? The schools going to the Big 12 are fine. Oregon and Washington while it be at very limited shares to begin with, will eventually make more money compared to what UCLA and SC are. But now you sit here and you see all the articles. Where does UCLA sit in these murky waters during realignment talks? Well, they didn't have to sit through those Pac-12 media rights deals and sweat and stress about those, which apparently a little too much asking eventually turned ESPN away and said, nah, we're not going to talk about that. But now you've got the Bruins who sit here and they've been planning for already a year plus to go to the Big Ten, which is now less than a year away. Crazy to think about. While Oregon and Washington have to immediately start planning for the future. All the other bit corner, four corner schools had to plan for the Big 12 with less time than what UCLA and SC have had. And it does help the Bruins in those four corner schools that they come in as rivals of sorts, regionally located to help UCLA have a little less traveling potentially as they rework the football schedule for 24 and 25 after a month of having a quote-unquote schedule settled, and now the Big Ten will have to rework it. But I think the Bruins can be set fairly well. While it's going to be different when it comes to the recruiting, the scheduling, and everything in between that we thought it might be, the Bruins are going to make some money. They're going to have a lot of fun, and now they got a couple of local rivals to go with them to slightly ease the travel. But it is funny to see how the Pac-12 was that close to maybe getting a decent yeah, decent TV deal, and then they're like, yeah, no, we want more. Got walked away, and then everything crumbles. Everything crumbles when you ask for more money sometimes, I, I guess. I don't know. That was just an interesting thought that I saw for what UCLA had to deal with. So, interesting, not UCLA, I guess, the Pac-12 schools and how UCLA scurried away and, and is sitting pretty right now. We'll see how that looks like in a year from now. We're going to move on to the third segment of Locked On UCLA because, hey, preseason games are upon us in the NFL. Who are some of the Bruins? I think we know who will we'll remind you that really stood out in their first couple of games, first couple of snaps, plays, everything in the NFL on Locked On UCLA. Well, final segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast, it was the Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings. Why are we talking Seahawks and why are we talking Vikings in their first preseason games this early into August. We just had the Hall of Fame game. Dorian Thompson-Robinson actually played pretty well. We can throw him in there in his first ever NFL action. Had a couple of scores, running the ball, throwing the ball. Didn't really talk about him, but he had a good debut in a Cleveland Browns uniform just the other week. 
But now you've got the Seahawks and the Vikings, where the likes of Jake Bobo for the Seahawks, former Bruin, only for a year, but a Bruin, nonetheless, three receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown, a 29-yard connection. And he had three targets, made all three catches. He had Zach Charbonnet, who ran four times at 14 yards, two, ca- two catches with 14 yards as well. Didn't necessarily get the bulk of the catches, but Charbonnet ran through a defender. It's nice to see that the Bruins are making some moves this early, three of their big offensive weapons making some big-time impact in the preseason. So while Charbonnet and DTR, we expect to do good, Bobo is fighting for a roster spot, and it was a good early you know, season look to see what Bobo can do, a possession-type receiver in the NFL. I think he can easily find himself as someone that could slot in in that Seahawks locker room, we hope, depending on how his career goes. And I know we're excited, extremely excited, to see how Charbonnet, who has been battling injury throughout the the summer workouts and OTAs and all that, where maybe they wanted to limit him, not give him too many carries, but he got utilized, ran through a defender, and it'll be fun to see, especially with the Seahawks running back room, that was so terribly hit by the injury bug that Charbonnet could possibly fit in very, very well in that locker room. Then you've got the Browns with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR in that Hall of Fame game. It was fun to see him in in a primetime-like setting go out and ball out for the most part in, in Ohio, in Canton, and see how that plays out as the Bruins try to show, okay, hey, we can turn players over to the NFL. That's one of the things that recruits also look at when you go to these schools. There's making money. Chip Kelly already alluded to it before about how NIL is the name of the game where you get paid, you're going to stay in school longer, maybe get a degree, get money, guarantee yourself a little bit of some savings before you leave college, and if you're even lucky enough to sniff the NFL. But what also helps these recruits make these decisions is their development over years at UCLA, right? You've got different players who can develop. DTR, his freshman year, was nowhere near an NFL player, and then here he goes, and he might make an NFL career out of it. Charbonnet, maybe not so much time, but then goes, dominates two years, at UCLA, and he's in the NFL. Bobo, a good year at UCLA, he goes to the NFL in a different capacity, right? Which is why these players come and how Chip Kelly proves he can develop guys, takes a chance in Latu. Latu, if he has a good year this year, there he could easily be a big-time NFL steal next year when his time comes up and when he wants to, to leave Westwood, right? All these different players. J. Michael Sturdivant leaving Cal, wanting to get on a bigger radar in a Chip Kelly offense, make big plays, transfers to UCLA, and now he could may easily be a big impact guy when it comes time to make that decision to go to the NFL. Cal Ford coming over from SC. All these guys building and building and building the Big Ten, the money, but it's also the ability to turn guys over and bring them to the NFL at some point or give them the opportunity to get looked at, which now they will be a stunlet. The primetime games in Big Ten against what some might say better competition in better, well, no quotes, better weather in Southern California. And, and then you've got oppor- just opportunity, which is what I think UCLA is trying to provide, where they're in this middle ground, where we, as UCLA fans, can see the Bruins, especially football-wise, take leaps and bounds to become a super, super good football team consistently year in and year out with this move to the Big Ten. If you pour in the money, consider to continue, I should say, to bring in these recruits time and time again 
but can they do that? They don't always do it high school-wise, but Gilmer proving that UCLA is dipping into the pool more consistently, getting those local SoCal kids more on the nose, go find different players across the country to bring them to UCLA and afford them opportunities like some of the Bruins have already shown in the first couple of preseason games as they look up to lock up their NFL roster spots heading into the 2023 season. So while it doesn't seem like a lot of touchdown here by a Bobo or a big carry by Charbonnet, you see Carson Steele come over to replace Charbonnet, and that's how UCLA is going to get more talent. You know, Anthony Adkins, right, from Army. You've got all these different players who are going to stick it out, try to develop if they came to UCLA initially. That's why Kelly's so great in the portal. Come here, look at what I've developed in a year or two, right? And eventually, remember Joshua Kelly, who's been playing for the Chargers and all those things in the beginning of his career and everything. You've got all these different former Bruins who have jumped up, made an immediate impact in the recruiting game. And this is what Chip Kelly can point to when he meets with these recruits and their parents. While it's not all about NIL, we understand how it's supposed to work. We're not just going to try and throw billions of dollars at all these kids. We want to develop you and give you a good future education-wise, a good football experience at UCLA, and then say, hey, your development here, your growth can lead you potentially to an opportunity, even if you're not ready year one, by the time it's year two, year three, year four in some cases, or five based on the COVID years, you, you could easily be a good player and have a chance to get a even a practice squad look at the NFL. That's then even that you can still get a couple, a little bit of change going on the practice squad or make an NFL preseason roster and all that. So all that and more locked on UCLA. We are excited. Meantime, you're going to want to look more and more at, Hey, locked on UCLA every day, or you're going to want to keep looking at the, the next week of content because fall camp is really getting to, the nitty gritty. We're getting to the middle, if not past the middle of August when we get through next week and the Bruins looking closer and closer to when they're playing coastal Carolina in that opener. Chip Kelly's already told us he's going to announce a starter in a lot closer times. He's going to announce it before the coastal Carolina game in terms of a starting quarterback. It's been Garbers. It's been Dante Moore, one or the other. Who can it be? Maybe someone else jumps in the last moment and steals a spot unlikely it's between garbers and more now we'll keep looking at that diving into ucla's upcoming spain trip and get excited for mick cronin's new roster retooled revamped and reloaded roster i'm zach anderson yoxheimer get your hands up bruins fans eight clap time baby and one two three four five six seven eight you see la ucla fight fight fights This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.